May the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As I said a few minutes ago, it's really good to be back. The last time I preached, I was preaching in, um, in Key Largo in the, uh, the uh, chapel at the Ocean Reef Club. And um, it's a really lovely place, lovely people. Um, but it's sort of like wearing somebody else's jacket, you know. Uh, it might keep you warm, it might even fit, but it's just not the same. And uh, the thing that I love to do is um, to be back here with uh, you people, my people, and, uh, and to, to be in this pulpit. Uh, the the um, the story that we read this mo- or Brian read this a moment ago from the gospel um, remind me uh, well I, I guess a good place to begin is uh, this first car the first real car I had I had an actual car first that I bought for one hundred and ninety dollars from my best friend Rob and I had it for about a month and somebody ran into it and totally destroyed it and and the guy looked at the insurance agent and he said um, it's probably worth about four hundred dollars which was twice what I paid for it. And I said to him, but I have sentimental attachment to that car. He said, how about $600? I said, that buys my sentiment right there. And so um, I went on to my second car, and I took that money, and I bought a, a 1976 Ford Maverick. Now, I, I, it was a beautiful car. It was, I mean, it was, everybody's grandmother probably had one of these at some time, you know. Two doors, uh, white, and lovely. And so I got it, and I thought, you know, this really needs to be like a, a muscle car. So I, um, I, I got this lift kit, you know, and I, I lifted the back leaf springs up so the rear end went way up in the air. And then I bought these really wide tires, you know, that were nowhere near factory spec. And I put them on the back, and so it had these big wide tires on the back. And, and then I put some pinstriping down the side, and, and I got some little blue lights and put them underneath. And, and um, it was ridiculous looking, okay? But here's the thing. Um, you know, it, it still had a six-cylinder engine in it. So these big, giant, wide tires, uh, you know, they wouldn't spin or anything. It wouldn't do anything remarkable. I, you know, I think a Ford Escort would beat me in a race. You know, it was, a, it was that, sort of, um, that sort of car. But it looked pretty good. I mean, it had about as much similarity to being a muscle car as I had to be in a muscle man. You know, it wasn't like that. But I felt like, you know, oh, it, it kind of looked cool at least. It wasn't authentic, you know. It was, it was somewhat phony. My friend Kirby, about a year later, he bought this uh, this Nova, about the same year, seventy five, seventy six Nova, and it was it was like you know somebody's grandmother's car too. Um, but he and his dad, they, they took this car and they stripped it down to nothing. They removed the engine. They removed everything out of this car. They, they put new shocks, new springs, a new suspension system, rebuilt the entire front end. Rebuild an engine. They painted the engine. I had, I, you know, it's orange. And, oh, and when they put this car back together, after about a year of working on it, it was a muscle car. I mean, this was a kind of car that, that would, it would scream as it went around corners. And, and you know, I had this car that looked like it might be one, and, and Kirby had this one that actually was. It was authentic. There was this. Um, there was a correlation between what it looked like and what it was under the hood. Mine, not so much. Jesus shows up in Mark's gospel, and the very first words out of his mouth are these: "Repent." That's the first word. Repent 
and believe the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The very first command that Jesus gives is this command to repent. Now, I don't know if you grew up in a religious home, if you grew up around church folk or what sort of church folk you grew up around, but that word repent for me was a scary word for a long time, you know. I heard that and I hear, here's, here's kind of the mechanisms of my brain, feel guilty about everything that you've done bad in your life and stop doing it, you know. And to some degree that might be true, that might be present in the word repentance the um, the Hebrew word goes back even older, uh, shuv. It means literally to turn and go a different direction. So Jesus shows up and he says, repent. And I hear, feel guilty and stop doing things and do things differently. But that's actually not, I think, what Jesus is saying. The word is metaneo, to have an afterthought. Rethink. Have some, have some recalibrations of your mind. Readjust your thinking and believe the gospel. That comes off quite differently, doesn't it? That you would change your thinking and believe the gospel. Stop believing what you previously had believed. Well, it, it depends, of course, to whom he's speaking and what they believe, doesn't it? And you got to remember, ancient people that been in exile, out of exile, now living under the, the oppression of Rome, they'd actually lived under the oppression of the Babylonians, and then the Persians, and then the Syrians, and now the Romans. And, and people living in Israel just thinking, oh, oh, the day would come when God would make us our own geopolitical force. That Israel would be raised up above the other nations and we would be strong and mighty. We would do our own thing. That we would be in control of our own destiny. That's what we're waiting for. If that was the mindset and you heard Jesus said, you need to change your thinking. What do you think he's talking about? It's not about a geopolitical force. The kingdom of God, what does he say? It's at hand. Repent. Change your thinking. Remember, the kingdom of God is right here. It's at hand. It is present. It's in your face. The kingdom of God is right here. In the present moment. Jesus was saying to the people who were hearing him, stop thinking about what you had been thinking about. Stop thinking about uh, the kingdom of God as some geopolitical force, this, uh, this uh, realization of, of some kind of you know, kingdom that, that is ruled in the way that typical kingdoms are, because God is here to reign as king in the present moment. He's here at hand. He goes from that, and the very first people that he meets, Simon and Andrew, what does he say to them? Follow me. Come, follow me. The word actually is um, similar to a company. It's where we get the word acolyte, the ones who follow along, right? That, come, follow me, Jesus says. Come, come do what I, and I will make you to become fishers of men, fishers of people. If you come follow me, I will show you how to live out this new way of thinking. I wish we had time today to just go through Mark's gospel, just like page by page and say, 
Oh, look what happens here, because here's what you see. You see Jesus going to places like um, uh, this, uh, this demoniac, right? This guy who's in a Gentile territory, lives among the pigs. He is, he is perpetually unclean. He's out of his mind. He can't be tamed. And he goes and he brings healing to him. And he finds uh, a, a woman who um, has 12 years suffered with a, uh, a continual menstrual problem that keeps her out of the, 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 the community, and he brings healing to her. He finds a dead child and, and brings this child back to life. He finds lepers and brings healing to them. People on the outside continually removed from the grace of God, and he brings them in. Time after time, after, stop thinking about the things that you had been thinking about. Stop thinking about the kingdom of God as some sort of force that's going to fight against Rome and be more powerful than, than Egypt. Stop thinking about the kingdom of God in those terms. And think about it as a kingdom that is at hand, present in the very, this very moment, and is bringing about healing and hope and restoration to people right now. The kingdom of God is breaking in right here, right now. Come, follow me. In other words, I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to bring the kingdom to this present world in this present moment, just like this. What is Jesus doing? He's teaching us how to be true disciples, isn't he? We, we, we use this word in the church, disciple, and I think sometimes it's, it's a bit confusing because... We don't use it that often in, in other areas of our lives. Other disciplines, well, discipline, let's use the word disciple. We don't use it frequently. We don't use it colloquially. We Come be a learner. Be one of my students. That'll work, wouldn't it? How do we become a student of Jesus? Well, we follow him. How do you follow him? Well, you do the exact same things that you see him do. This is what Mark's gospel is about, isn't it? Come, I'll show you. Look, you see this guy over here, how his life is destroyed, how he's in chains, he's enslaved, his mind is under control. Let's set him free. You see this young girl who's lying on her deathbed, whose mother is praying for her. Let's go bring healing. I want you to think about the work of the church. Over 2,000 years, what have we done? We are the leader in the, don't let anybody tell you any differently. We have been the leader in the world in education, in healthcare. This is what the church has done. We were the ones who made hospitals. We were the ones who brought universities to the world. Come, bring healing, bring hope, restore people. We are the ones who have always been on the front line of caring for the poor and the needy. And then the geopolitical forces come in and say, oh, but we can do it better. And they don't. And we say, okay, well, that's fine. You can do it. Yeah. We don't. No, this is not the way we follow. We follow Jesus by continuing to do the very things that he showed us to do. Repent. You know that I love you, right? So you know that I can say this and, and, and you know where it's coming from. We get so caught up in thinking about the kingdom of God as a geopolitical force still today. We kind of believe, we, we tend to believe, not all of us, but some of us, that voting for the right party is going to make the difference in the world. It might make some difference. I'm not saying it doesn't. I have political views too. 
But that's not the way to bring the kingdom of God here. We are not going to legislate the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen by an act of Congress. It'd be nice if that's all that it took. But first of all, it would never get through, right? We're not going to legislate. It's not going to happen because we elect the right or the wrong person in the presidency or in this country or the prime minister in another country. It's not about a geopolitical reality. It's about the fact that the kingdom of God is present. It's at hand. Here's one way I can say that I can show you that I think we miss it. We think about heaven as a distant future reality that we only get to when we die. The only way into heaven is to die. No, not true, because heaven is wherever God is. And if he is present with us in this very moment, we are in the presence of God. We are in the presence of heaven. And that is what we do when we gather here around this word. I I love this image that Bonhoeffer says about, about when we preach the gospel, that Christ is present, incarnate, walking through the pews, as it were, talking to people, tapping them on the shoulder, calling them. And then, when we gather here around this altar, heaven and earth intersect. They overlap. They meet. And then what are we to do? What's the whole point of the Eucharist, the Mass? I love this ancient word, the Mass. Um, some people are, are fearful of it. They think it, it, it smacks too much of, of Rome. No, the Mass. The word Mass comes from Missa, the, the Latin, which means the dismissal. When Brian will say at the end of the service, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. That's the Missa. That's the dismissal. We gather. Here's what I love about it. We gather for one purpose. To go, to love and to serve the Lord and to be God's agents in the world. Repent. Stop thinking about geopolitical realities. Think about the reality that God is present now and that he is breaking into this world and there is no, there is no legislation that can stop him. There is no, there is no uh, uh, rule, no regulation, nothing. But we take God into this world. Heaven is closer than you think. And believe, believe this. Believe it so much that you will dare to follow Jesus. Do what Jesus does. Go where Jesus goes. Do this without reservation or hesitation. Go, follow me. Another great Bonhoeffer quote. He says, when Jesus calls his disciples, he simply says, come, follow me. He gives no intelligible program for life. He doesn't tell us what we're going to do. There's no syllabus, you know. There's there's no starting and ending point. Well, there is a starting point, but no ending point. There, there's no, oh, when you follow this exam, you know, you're going to go here. He doesn't even tell us. It's surprise day after day, week after week, year after year. Come, follow me. You do that. Follow him. And you know what you do? You find yourself sitting in a restaurant you never intended to sit in. You're, you're, you're talking with somebody you never intended to talk to, and all of a sudden you realize that this person has this aching need in their life. I was um, on my uh, little trip here in South Florida. I first landed in, in, uh, in Miami. I picked up the car, and I was hungry. I was on my way to go see, uh, to see Marnie in Delray. And, and so I thought, I'm going to stop and grab something to eat. And, and I thought, well, I know all these roads that go to the right eventually wind up on the ocean. And so um, I'm just going to go down one of them and find some, because I had just left uh, Ohio, right? And I'm going to find something by the beach 
that has food, you know. And um, and, and so I, I, I go down there, and, and eventually I do. I find this little Italian restaurant, no beach near, but I, I'm going to eat here, you know. And I sit down, and I'm going to sit outside, and, and I'm going to eat. And I, and I got a, a little pizza and some barley beverage. And I was sitting there, and um, and uh, I, I'm just kind of enjoying myself in the sun, and... and um, and this fella comes up, is uh, working at the at the store next door, and he says, you know, hey, how you doing, whatever. And we start talking, and and I find out in a few minutes that he um, he had lost a child, uh, just a five month old infant, and uh, as he began to talk to me about it, he just began to sob, cry, and he said, I'm so sorry. He said, I shouldn't I shouldn't burden you with this. I shouldn't tell you about this. I said, well, actually, would it help you to know that I'm a priest? He. He said, are you really? I said, I really am. I mean, I didn't look like one at all. I said, I have a ring, you know, there's a cross on it. And, um, and he began to sit down, and, we, and it, we talked, and we prayed together. And he walked away, and he said, I, I know that only the Lord could have sent you here. I thought my appetite sent me there. But lo and behold... This is what happens when you follow Jesus. You just you never know where he's going to put you, who with whom you're going to be encountered, what you're going to say, what they need to hear. Come, follow me. Do the kingdom this way. Just like this. You know, um I, I think I think that Christianity can be one of two ways. It can be done one of two ways. Like a seventy six Maverick you know, with wide tires and blue lights and a jacked up rear end that really doesn't go anywhere, you know. It, it might look authentic. You know, it, 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 might, it might impress, you know, those who are uneducated about automobiles. But, you know, you get in to push the gas and right away you know that this is a phony. Or it can be a real muscle car, right? Built from the ground up rethinking everything, doing it all the Lord's way, the right way. And when it's done the latter, you know, not only does it look impressive, it is impressive. What kind of Christians do we want to be? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.